Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all of the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. This morning, imagine you have set down a book and then had to go back and reread the last chapter or two to remember what had taken place. Or you watched a season finale in a television series and then had a couple of months to forget what had happened. That is where we find ourselves this morning, because while we are in the year of Luke, the third year of the Revised Common Lectionary, we have only had one gospel lesson from Luke since Easter. So it may be helpful to be reintroduced to the third gospel. Luke's gospel is one of the three synoptic gospels with Matthew and Mark. 
And while they each have different purposes, these three Gospels share common sources and content with each other. Luke's Gospel, the latest of the three, was written more than 10 years after the destruction of the Jerusalem temple by the Roman army. And at the time that it was written, the people of Israel were living under occupation and subject to Roman law. The contemporary belief is that the writer of the gospel was a member of the Christian community and at home in Greco-Roman culture. Perhaps he was a Gentile Christian or a convert from Hellenistic Judaism. Certainly one of the prominent themes in Luke's gospel is that Jesus Christ is not only a prophet like Moses and the Jewish Messiah, but that Jesus brings good news to the whole world, especially to those who are excluded or mar marginalized. <clears throat> Earlier in Luke's Gospel, Jesus was traveling from town to town in the region of Galilee with his disciples. When in verse 26 it says they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, they had just Crossed the Sea of Galilee. It's helpful to remember that any time in Scripture when water is crossed, the crossing of the Reed Sea when the Israelites fled Egypt, the crossing of the Jordan into the promised land of Canaan, or the crossing of the Sea of Galilee, it signals to us that God is at work doing something new. Today's gospel tells us that Jesus willingly went to a Gentile or non-Jewish land. We know that first from the geography of the region, which shows the Decapolis east of the Sea of Galilee, the Decapolis being a region of ten cities that were centers of Greek culture. But it's also clear from the text, because there are swine or pigs, that wouldn't have been found in religiously observant Jewish households, where people would have believed that contact with the animals would have made someone ritually unclean. But Gentiles and pigs aren't the only untouchables in this story. Luke tells us that when Jesus came ashore, he was met by a man from town who was possessed by demons naked, and lived among the tombs. Both his illness and his living conditions assured that he was cast out from the town and by the people in the countryside. Luke goes on to say that the man had been bound and chained, but he always broke free from his shackles and withdrew to deserted places. A street person unnamed and experiencing homelessness, he is only identified by the ones who possessed him, the thousands of demons called legion. At Senate Assembly, I heard again a TED Talk given by the Nigerian novelist Chimamanda Adichie, who talks about the risk we take when we let ourselves define a person or a group of people by a single attribute. 
Citing the danger of what she calls a single story, Adichie describes times when she has been subjected to a single story from people who only knew about Africa, from popular images of beautiful landscapes and beautiful animals, and incomprehensible people fighting senseless wars and dying of poverty and AIDS. And then she confesses times when she, in turn, has been the one who has told a single story, such as the flawed one she learned from the American debate over immigrants and refugees, the one that says that Mexicans and Central Americans are animals and rapists bringing drugs and crime into this country. After Hitler came to power in 1933, the single story told by the Nazis was heard in their portrayal of the Jews as disease-spreading rats, feeding off the host nation, poisoning its culture, and polluting the Aryan race as butchers and as aliens. That single story was accepted as truth even as millions of Jews were deported and housed in concentration camps where six million people were executed. Adichie reminds us that the single story creates stereotypes. And the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. They make one story become the only story. She offers that listening to many stories about a people or a place restores dignity to the people to whom the stories belong and gives us a way to engage with each person as wholly human. Refusing to fall for the single story Jesus sees the Gerasene man as more than just the demons who possess him. He recognizes him as wholly human, a beloved child of God created in God's image. What struck me in reading this gospel this time wasn't the miraculous healing that the man experienced with the demons driven into the herd of pigs and sent down the steep banks into the water. What caught my attention was the reaction of the people who saw what Jesus did. First, Luke tells us the swine herds who witnessed the events ran away to tell others. Now, when we hear the story of Jesus' birth, we're told that those shepherds made known what had been told to them, and all who heard it were amazed. And picturing Bethlehem, I imagine that they told that story with reverence and awe. But when I heard that the swineherds ran away to report the incident of the man's deliverance, their actions sounded so much more ominous, like people inciting a mob to riot. Perhaps that's because when the people do come to see for themselves what Jesus did, Luke tells us they were seized with fear. 
They didn't throw their arms joyfully around this man who was cured, the one they had seen tormented and tortured for years. He didn't find a place where he could live or offer him food or even sit down and listen to his story. They were afraid. They were so afraid they asked Jesus to leave. As often as we witness suffering from a distance and we pray for people who are living with illness, I want to believe that if I witnessed a miraculous healing, I would rejoice and give thanks. But whenever I think I would have been more obedient or faithful than the biblical story, I know I'm probably fooling myself. The people there may not have liked having a demon-possessed man in their midst, but he had lived imprisoned or alone, always keeping his distance. They thought they knew this man's story and where he belonged. They had succumbed to the allure of a single story. Jesus challenged their understanding of the world around them, and that was unacceptable. So they asked him to leave. After all, the problem wasn't with them. It was that troublemaker, Jesus. But when Jesus troubles the water, it's what's known as good trouble. There are a lot of single stories out there. And it's easy for us to point to others and think we know their story. But Jesus calls us to be united under one Lord and reconciled with each other. And to help us on the way, Jesus shows us another story where each person is afforded dignity and seen fully, where we are asked to listen and to hear how much God has done for them. Because each one of us, with our stories, is a beloved child of God, created in God's own image. Let us pray. Holy and redeeming Lord, thank you for creating each one of us wonderfully in your image. Forgive us when we will not listen to another person's story or see them as your beloved child. Forgive us when we are afraid. Open our ears to hear and open our hearts to love each person with the love you have first given us. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.